Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey. Hit it up the park. Hit it up the park. Hit it with a strike. Hit it with a strike. From the national anthem, anthem. to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slendy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 507 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is November 5th, 2023. I was planning on doing this show on Monday. But there was an interesting report that just came out from Bob Nightingale that made me want to do it today. There's obviously a ton to talk about. I'm sure there's going to be something to talk about on Monday. Maybe we'll have a further update on the Padres managerial search. And I'll talk about this on the show today as well. Uh, But there is a lot going on. There's stuff about Jake Cronenworth. The Padres would like to trade Jake Cronenworth, according to Bob Nightingale. Is that realistic? Numerous pitchers from the Padres. They are headed to free agency. Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, Nick Martinez, Blake Snell. Obviously, we know Josh Hader. How are they going to replace those guys? Are some of those guys going to come back? Should we try to have some of those guys come back? Should the Padres try to bring some of those guys back? There's also news about the Padres AAA manager for next season. It is expected to not be Philip Wellman who was the AAA manager this past season, it's expected to be someone that has no professional coaching experience. So I will get to that. Um, I'll get to the manager search, obviously, like I said a few moments ago. And also Matt Carpenter, he is, for now, going to be on the 2024 roster. 
he accepted his $5.5 million player option. So a lot to get to. Thanks so much for tuning in here, whether that's on YouTube or listening on the podcast platforms. I appreciate that. Just real quick, I want to shout it out at the beginning here so you have time. San Diego Wave playoff match tonight, 6.30 p.m., winner to the NWSL championship game, which is November 11th at Snapdragon Stadium. Waiver at home. Tickets are on San Diego Wave's website. Standing room only, $10. It's going to be packed, sold out. So if you still are looking for tickets, I guess there's verified resale tickets on Ticketmaster. But your best bet, go to San Diego Wave's website or their social media channels, and you'll see the standing room only tickets there. San Diego State basketball gets underway tomorrow. There's probably resale tickets available there as well. But they have their arena, Viejas Arena, sold out. Just wanted to shout those out at the top. So if you wanted to go to those games, just go to their websites now. Go try to get tickets now instead of me bringing it up at the end. And you've listened for like an hour, and that's time that you could have gone and got tickets. I just want to help you out there real quick. All right. Let's start with the Bob Nightingale report. There were actually a couple things that came from this. We can start with Shohei Otani. And Bob Nightingale, he wrote about the Shohei Otani sweepstakes that are going to be happening. And he was setting up the GM meetings, which are going to be happening the next few days in Scottsdale, Arizona, which obviously was not far from where the Arizona Diamondbacks ended up losing the World Series to the Texas Rangers in five games, right? So Nightingale, Padres were mentioned in this. He says the Yankees, Mets, Blue Jays, Giants, Mariners, Padres, and Rangers will all make strong pushes for Shohei Otani. Uh, he mentioned that the Los Angeles Dodgers are seen as the favorite for Shohei Otani, and I agree with that. Mentioning the Padres here, I feel like he's just doing that because A.J. Preller loves dipping his toe into the water of every big free agent. But realistically, do you see the Padres being one of the finalists for Shohei Otani if they have to pay him close to $500 million when they might try to extend Juan Soto? And all we're hearing so far this offseason is that the, the Padres, they're probably going to be listening on Juan Soto and they might have to trade Juan Soto. And we're hearing about the New York Yankees and the Chicago Cubs interest in Juan Soto. So if they're going to have to trade Soto because of payroll reasons and they don't think that they can give him the money that he wants, how are they going to be able to go sign Shohei Otani? And you also have to think, not just from the Padres situation, like that's another huge contract. Sure, it's a great player, but there's question marks. How long is he going to pitch? How long is he going to do both? You're going to pay this dude $500 million. That guy needs to be doing both for most of this contract, and that is not a guarantee. He's not even going to be pitching for you in 2024. And the biggest thing right now for this Padres team going into the offseason, the biggest priority in my mind is to get starting pitching, pitching in general. You can never have enough pitching. And Shohei Otani is not going to be pitching in 2024. And the Padres need to try to go win in 2024. So, yeah, like Shohei Otani, if the Padres went and signed Shohei Otani, I'd be super happy in the moment. But then I would also realize, like, all right, they better freaking win like now, because they're going to have even less flexibility payroll-wise. And this is another guy that you're going to be paying till he's old. And just just the future, you know, three, four years down the road, and then 
beyond that for the rest of these contracts, how is that going to look when you have untradeable contracts, you know? So I don't see how this really works for the Padres. I would be shocked, not just surprised, shocked if the Padres signed Shohei Otani. Will we see a report out there that the Padres have showed interest in Shohei Otani? That maybe even the Padres have met with Shohei Otani? Sure, I wouldn't be surprised by that. But to actually sign him? Look at Shohei Otani, not just the Padres' point of view, but from him. Does he want to come to the Padres? I think he wants to go somewhere that is consistently in the postseason, and the San Diego Padres have not shown the ability to do that. Did they make it to the NLCS in 2022? Of course they did. But what about 2021? What about this year when they were supposed to be World Series contenders? Some experts were picking the Padres to go win the whole dang thing. You know, the Dodgers, that's an easier spot to go win, right? That's They've proven that they can make the postseason every year. Shohei's never been in the postseason. He wants to win. Best chance of winning is probably being on those teams that consistently make the postseason. And the Padres are not that team. And then you take into account all these big contracts already on the Padres don't have a manager. There's obviously all these reports about AJ Preller, right? These uh, behind the scenes articles from Dennis Lynn and Kevin AC, Ken Rosenthal, all that. Is this a place that Shohei Otani wants to go when he could go to a team like the Dodgers or he could go to a team like the Giants that has a ton of money to spend? They have World Series championships, obviously. Does I mean the Rangers just won the World Series? There's so many teams that are going to show interest in Shohei Otani that have shown the ability, at least, I shouldn't say Rangers, like consistent postseason, but they've shown the ability more recently than the Padres to be real threats to go win the World Series. So I don't see it happening. Now, the other thing that Bob Nightingale mentioned here in his article, this this was an interesting part here. And the San Diego Padres were like its own section in this article here. So I'm going to read this to you. If they have to make tough decisions, GMs say, they wouldn't be surprised to see the Padres dangle shortstop Xander Bogarts and outfielder Fernando Tatis Jr. in creative deals to avoid trading Soto. They would like to move Jake Cronenworth, who signed a seven-year, $80 million contract extension in April. That's a loaded paragraph. Let's touch on the first parts of that. If they have to make some tough decisions, GMs say they wouldn't be surprised to see the Padres dangle shortstop Xander Bogarts and outfielder Fernando Tatis Jr. in creative deals to avoid trading Soto. Okay, Xander Bogarts, I think a lot of Padres fans would be fine with him going elsewhere. But who is taking that contract? Nobody is going to take, what is it, 10 more years of Xander Bogarts? 10? They're not taking that. What team? Tell me a team out there that would take that contract. And you'd probably have to give that other team more on top of that. Probably top prospects. Do the Padres want to do that? So dangle Bogarts, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then Tatis, dangle Tatis, that's an insane idea. I mean, who would you rather have, Fernando or Soto? Soto's a great hitter. And I think some people might say Soto because they think that he's the better hitter he gets on base and the name right you traded so much for him you want to give him an extension I want Soto here long term as well but I'd rather have Fernando Tatis Jr. if you take everything into account his ability to play 
amazing outfield, which he just started doing, by the way. If you need to, he can go back and play shortstop. He can play center. He can play right field. He could probably play left. He could play so many different positions. He can lead off. He can hit anywhere in the lineup. He has power. And I think next year, he's probably going to have a monster season because he has a full offseason, which he didn't have going into this past year. And his contract. His contract is going to be a bargain if you compare it to Juan Soto. Because let's, what is Juan Soto going to get in his contract? He's probably going to ask for $500 million. Don't know if he's going to get that, but let's say he gets 450 better than the Nationals extension offer, and some team gives him $450 million. Would you rather have Soto, who might end up having to DH in a few years? Even if he doesn't, he's not a strong defensive player. Would you rather have him or at way more than Tatis's contract, which is what? Left on the contract, I mean, for Fernando Tatis. Soto, what? Four, again, at 450, let's say. Tatis, he's only going to be making a little over $11 million this next season. That's it. Soto's going to be making like $33 million. And I get it, that's just one year. But Tatis's contract is 14 years for $340 million. Juan Soto, for less years, is probably going to be way more money than that. Maybe it won't be less years, but it's going to be for way more money. It's probably going to be for over $100 million more than a guy that can play better defense than him. Defense. Defense than him. And a guy that has power as well. Like, I'm sorry dangling Tatis makes zero sense to me. What you get back in a Fernando Tatis Jr. trade, you're not going to win that deal. That contract is team-friendly. You look on that contract in five years, we're going to be laughing at how the Padres were able to extend Fernando Tatis Jr. like that. Sure, was it a risk at the time? Of course. But dangling Tatis is a stupid idea. And dangling doesn't mean that you trade him. I understand that. And Preller, his job is to look at every avenue. But I don't even want that out there that the Padres are dangling Tatis. I don't want that report to even come out at some point this offseason. Because I want the Padres to make it known that they are committed to Tatis. I don't want Tatis to have certain feelings going into this year. I want him to love the Padres and be all in to try to go win a World Series for San Diego. Trading Tatis, what does that do for you? It would piss off your fan base, one. And Fernando Tatis Jr. is one of the best players in baseball. Whoever you get back is not better than Fernando Tatis Jr. It's not. So, yeah, that. And then, okay, Jake Cronenworth. Moving to him. Padres would like to move Jake Cronenworth. Seven-year, $80 million extension in April. So, I'm not surprised that I'm seeing this. The San Diego Padres, I think at least some people in the organization, probably are sitting there now and are like, dang, why did we give this extension to Jake Cronenworth when we didn't need to do it? We should have saw the numbers. Offensively, his numbers were declining, and we still gave him that contract. When we didn't have to do it, still multiple years of control on his rookie contract, and Hassan Kim's going to be a free agent before Jake Cronenworth is. Wouldn't it make more sense to see if Hassan Kim continues to progress and then you give him an extension 
before Jay Cronenworth. Wouldn't that make sense? That's probably what the Padres are thinking. And so if they can deal Cronenworth, maybe that allows them to go lock up Hassan Kim. Because Hassan Kim keeps getting better. And he can play second. He can play shortstop. He can play third. He can lead off. He can hit pretty much anywhere that the Padres need him to hit in the lineup. He is one of their most valuable players. And right now, who would you rather have, Hassan Kim or Jay Cronenworth? The answer is Hassan Kim. I love Jay Cronenworth, but just look at this past season. Right now, you would rather have Hassan Kim. There's no doubt about that. Plays amazing defense, keeps getting better with the bat. We saw some power with the bat from Hassan Kim. So I'm not surprised. The Padres, they're not in the best financial situation, according to reports. And if someone can take on Jay Cronenworth's contract, that gives the Padres much more room to spend. Now, is a Jake Cronenworth trade realistic? I don't really think so. I think it could happen if you trade Juan Soto with him to a team and say, hey, you got to take Jake Cronenworth and his contract as well, and that would save the Padres a ton of money, 30 plus million dollars for this year, and then however much money Cronenworth is making this year and for the rest of the contract, right? Which, by the way, it's $80 million the rest of the contract because the contract starts this coming season. The contract didn't start last year. So I'm I'm not someone that's going to give up on Jay Cronenworth when the extension hasn't even started yet. I do believe that he's going to work his butt off to get better and not have that type of season again. But who knows what his positional future is. And Hassan Kim is, is someone that you want on this Padres franchise long term. I don't see it. Because I don't think Jake Cronenworth is going to get traded. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me that the Padres would like to trade Jake Cronenworth. Because what is Jake Cronenworth's ceiling? Is it higher than Hassan Kim's? Is he going to be able to bounce back this next season to where he was in what? 2021, 2020, 2022, the postseason. Is that going to happen? And even if he does bounce back like that, at, if he's at first base, his value is still not that great because he's not going to give you Pete Alonso power or Freddie Freeman. He's, he, that's just not who he is. And you have Jackson Merrill coming up who could play short. He could play second. Xander Bogarts is here long-term. You're not trading that contract. Like It just feels like positionally on this team, Jake Cronenworth doesn't fit this team that great right now. Considering if you want your best, most productive players on the field and you want to get a real first baseman, is Jake Cronenworth going to be getting paid $80 million from this Padres team to be a utility guy, to be Chris Taylor? Do the Padres want that? Or would they rather try to deal Jake Cronenworth so that they could get a much cheaper person to come in and be that utility guy? So that they can spend on, I don't know, starting pitching, a real first baseman, bullpen help, outfield, catching, like there's there's a lot of holes that they still got to fill on this team, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of money, a lot of room to spend. So I still believe in Jay Cronenworth. I think he can bounce back. I just don't know what bouncing back actually means, like bouncing back to what he did in 2022. Well, he was still, if you look at the numbers, he was still declining, but his value was still fine because he was playing second base. He wasn't playing first base every day like he did in 2023. And he's coming off of that injury. So there's, I guess there's the question mark there. 
what team needs middle infield help, but they're willing to take on an $80 million contract? Like, that's a question that the Padres obviously have to ask themselves. Especially the team, the, the, the second part of that, who's willing to take on that contract? That's a big thing. That's a big question mark. So we'll see what happens there. But no, I'm, you shouldn't be surprised that the Padres would like to trade Jake Cronenworth because I think that a lot of people probably realize that that's probably not the best contract. And they didn't have to do it in the moment. I was I love that Jake Cronenworth was locked down. I was super happy. He's Him and Musgrove are my two favorite players on the team. I love that they're here long-term at the moment. But I do realize that they didn't have to do that just like they didn't have to do some other moves that they did, and now they're probably going to be a little bit hamstrung or trying to find deals that other teams don't want to do. They don't want to take on that contract unless Juan Soto's included with that. And then if you if you trade Cronworth and Soto, what are you getting back? How do you sell that to the fan base that, yeah, so we traded our best hitter, we traded someone that we just gave an extension to, but yeah, we're trying to go win it all in 2024. How can you convince your fan base of that, right? Um, and on top of that, let's say you don't include Soto and it's Cronenworth and probably some other pieces. What are those other pieces? Top prospects? The Padres don't want to deal with top prospects because they need those top prospects to come perform at the big league level because they have a bunch of other big contracts. So to offset it and so that they don't have a $250 million payroll every year, which they're not going to, they can't do that. They've got to have the Jackson Merrills of the world, the Robbie Snellings of the world. They've got to have those guys come up and be productive on these cheap rookie contracts. So Jake Cronenworth, will he get traded? That's obviously a big question mark uh, this offseason. I don't see it happening. The Juan Soto stuff, that's a big question mark as well. There's a ton of question marks with this team. But yes, again, from Bob Nightingale, Padres, they would like to move Jake Cronenworth, who signed a seven-year, $80 million extension in April. Let me know your thoughts in the comments on that. All right. The next thing that I want to get to here after this quick break is the latest on the Padres manager search. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com. For their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. So the latest on the Padres manager search, the Padres, according to Kevin AC in the San Diego Union Tribune, they were impressed by Benji Gill this past week when he went in and had an interview, had some conversations there with the San Diego Padres. AJ Preller and the Padres were impressed. Which doesn't surprise me. Benji Gill is someone that obviously can get a backing uh, from players, from people in baseball. In Mexico, in Winter League, he won four championships. He managed Mexico in the WBC. He was an infield coach for the Los Angeles Angels. Like This is a guy that obviously knows what he's talking about. And I'm pretty sure that he went in there with a plan on how to get this team back on track. Just like every manager has done, right? Or every manager candidate probably is doing with the San Diego Padres team. I don't think that Benji Gill is going to be named the manager of the Padres. They can be impressed, but I think that that can lead to Benji Gill getting a coaching position 
on the Padres because the Angels, they've got to go hire a new manager. I think Buck Showalter has been has been mentioned. Torrey Hunter has been mentioned, former Angel, former Twin, played for multiple teams in his big league career. Interesting candidates there for the Angels. That coaching staff probably isn't going to be the same. And so Benji Gill might not have an opportunity with the Angels or he might not want to be in the same opportunity that he had with the Angels. And if the Padres were impressed by Benji Gill, maybe the Padres hire someone else as the manager because they can have Benji Gill come in and they know that, hey, if we offer him a promotion, he can take it. He likes the organization. Uh, I'm, I'm just guessing. I don't know if he likes the organization, but I'm just saying if he does, if they liked what they heard, Benji liked what he heard in their conversation. They'll probably have multiple conversations. Maybe he ends up being the bench coach to Ryan Flaherty or to Mike Schilt. And Flaherty still stays as the offensive coordinator slash bench coach. And Benji Gill can be the associate manager or Benji Gill can be the bench coach and Flaherty associate manager so that they can keep those guys. Now, like I said the other day in one of my reaction videos to this manager news uh, about who is talking to the Padres, do we want the coaching staff to be a bunch of guys that interviewed for the Padres manager job? Because we could have those coaches gunning for the manager spot, which might not be the best environment. But for me, I don't see it that way. Some fans might see it that way. I just don't. I think that these coaches, if they don't get the manager position, maybe this is just because this is how I would act. If I didn't get a manager job, but I'm offered a spot on the coaching staff, on one of the more talented teams, or at least they got a, a bunch of talented superstars on the team, you know, a, a huge, an amazing fan base that's showing up every day to the ballpark, living in San Diego. You have a shot at making the, you should make the postseason next year, regardless of what happens in the offseason. You should be in a spot that you can make the postseason if you play well. I would want to join the organization because I want to win. Okay, it's not my time to be manager, but maybe if my team wins, you know how Will Venables getting a lot of strong recommendations and around baseball, although he's staying with Texas? Guess what? The Texas Rangers are winning, and Will Venable is being sought after, right? There's plenty of scenarios or plenty of situations, plenty of times that we've seen in baseball where a team that has success, other clubs in the future that want to have success, they go get coaches from that coaching staff to bring them in and give them a shot as manager. You see that with front offices in baseball. Oh, go take the assistant GM and make him your GM. Take former players. We saw this with the, the Boston Red Sox. Craig Breslow was well thought of around baseball, right? Red Sox, go take him from, I think, the Cubs. They hire him, right? Uh, we know with the Tampa Bay Rays, I mean, they've had it feels like their whole front office has turned into GMs at some point. So it could happen. Um, that's my long way of saying like Benji Gill, maybe he takes a spot on the coaching staff with the Padres if he's not the manager and he can end up being a manager at some point for another club or for the Padres in the future. If Benji Gill is named the manager, I don't know. I will probably be like, this is an interesting hire. It's someone that doesn't have big league managing experience but he does have managing experience. He has one as a manager. I get it. It's the Mexican Winter League or whatever. It's the World Baseball Classic. He hasn't. He didn't win the whole thing, but he had some impressive wins in that tournament, had big leaguers on that team, 
was facing other big leaguers in that tournament and found a way to win uh, when Mexico, they got pretty deep in this past tournament and they were not like a favorite to go win at all or anything like that. So I will not be pissed off if they hire Benji Gill as the manager. I will be interested. I don't know if I will be excited about any move the Padres make unless it's like Craig Council or Skip Schumacher, something that isn't being talked about right now. I, I'm just going to be in wait and see mode. Like, all right, I'm not going to bash the move. Even if it's Ryan Flaherty, I'm not going to bash the move. I will say it feels like another Jace Tingler. I don't think the Padres should have hired a first-time manager, but I'm going to give him a fair shot. I'm going to give Benji Gill a fair shot, Ryan Flaherty a fair shot, Carlos Mendoza. He interviewed, I think, I don't know if it's today, but he's interviewing over the weekend here with the Padres. He is the Yankees bench coach. He does not have big league managing experience, but I'm going to give him a fair shot as well because there are good things that we have heard about him. There are good things that people will tell you in the Padres organization about Ryan Flaherty. There's got to be a reason why A.J. Preller likes Ryan Flaherty, right? So like, I'm going to give these guys a fair shot. I'll give my thoughts on, man, I don't know if this was the right decision. I probably would have went in another direction based on whoever is hired. But yeah, they, the, the fan base, we all need to give whoever is hired a fair shot. We know that they're not going to be as uh, amazing as Bob Melvin, at least at the name, name-wise. When they're hired, it's not going to be as positive, probably, as Bob Melvin was. The baseball industry will not all be talking about the Padres. Oh my gosh, they're going all in with the manager hire like they did with Bob Melvin and how surprising that was, right? So just prepare for probably not feeling a whole lot. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to feel, obviously. Some will be excited on whoever's hired. Some will be pissed off, but I'm probably not going to be either of those. I'm going to be interested in seeing how it plays out. I'm going to be interested in, in researching the backgrounds of these guys more and hearing their press conference and what other people have to say about them. What I can say about Carlos Mendoza, uh, Andy Martino tweeted, uh, he's from SNY, obviously, in New York, and he tweeted essentially saying like what he is for what he knows about Carlos Mendoza, him reporting in New York, is that he's not afraid to be bad cop. When things, when something is happening that he doesn't like, he is not afraid to get in, I don't think it was said as get in people's faces, but that's what it seems like. He's not afraid to go confront people and say, hey, this needs to change. Or, I don't know if it's if he's talking about players or front office people, coaching staff, whatever. If there's something that he doesn't like, He's not afraid to go talk about it and he's not going to, um, you know, just allow it to continue happening. So that right there, and that's just one person's thoughts, one reporter's thoughts, and he's not in the clubhouse every day seeing how Carlos Mendoza goes about his business as the bench coach under Aaron Boone for the Yankees. But that right there is something that I would love for this Padres team. And Phil Nevin, don't know if he is talking with the Padres. The last thing there with Phil Nevin that I remember reading, I think it was from Kevin, AC was that it's not confirmed that he's going to have an interview, but he could interview later in the week. And even if Nevin doesn't get the manager job, maybe he's okay with being a coach on the staff because he obviously was let go. He, or not, he wasn't going to be coming back to the Angels. His contract wasn't getting renewed with the Angels. And so that's why they're going and getting a new manager, right? So he's looking for a job in baseball, I would assume. I'm sure a team will give him a job in baseball if he wants it. But 
is a team going to give them a major league coaching position that is more appealing than being with the Padres that does have a lot of talent still. Some Padres fans might not agree, but I think this team is still very, a, a very talented team. And uh, I don't think that this coming season is going to be as bad as 2023 was. I mean, can it be worse than how it was in 2023? So if they have a coaching staff, now Mendoza, for him to be on the coaching staff, he'd have to be the manager because he's already the bench coach with the Yankees. So it would be a lateral move. If the Padres wanted him to be their bench coach, the Yankees would just say no because he's the bench coach with New York. So the, the only thing that the Yankees can't prevent is if Mendoza was the manager because that would be a promotion. You can't prevent promotions to other teams. Um, so he would have to be the manager. But having a coaching staff of Carlos Mendoza, Phil Nevin, Benji Gill, I, I'm not saying that this is going to happen. It's probably not happening. But those type of names, that's encouraging to me. And I don't know a ton about all these names, obviously. But we need accountability in that Padres clubhouse. That's what it feels like to me. And when things are going wrong, we need to snap it. Like, stop it right there. Don't let it continue. We got to have urgency from the beginning of the season. And that was a problem this past season. And there wasn't enough urgency. It was admitted by a lot of players in that clubhouse. I think Bob Melvin touched on that as well. But, like, it needs, we need urgency the entire season. So having someone like Carlos Mendoza or, you know, someone, you know, Phil Nevin, I don't think he's someone that's going to sit there and let things just keep going and not have urgency. That doesn't seem like the guy that he is. Maybe I'm just biased from, like, looking at ejections that I see him have and how, how much he goes off and all that. But that type of guy, uh, Mike Schilt, do you think, I mean, he was on the coaching staff, but in the position that he was in, do we think that Mike Schilt had the authority last year to, to you know, hold a clubhouse meeting and yell at guys when there wasn't urgency? No, that was going to be Bob Melvin's job. He doesn't have the authority to do that. He was, wasn't he like an advisor to the Padres? That was his position or special assistant. And then he ended up being in the dugout more consistently. He was not originally like on the coaching staff. So if he had authority as the manager of the Padres, maybe he would. And I know with the Cardinals, it seemed like he was really demanding of coaches and players. And I think that was part of the negative reviews there in St. Louis. But maybe that's what this Padres team needs. And you can have a balance. You can have Ryan Flaherty that players like and may not go off on players. But then you have Mike Schilt, if he is hired, or whoever that can go off on players and hold them accountable. I'm not saying you have to go off on players every day after a loss, but more urgency. Guys that want to be the manager of this team. That's what this Padres team needs. So the latest update is Flaherty and Schilt still favorites. Carlos Mendoza talking with the Padres. Benji Gill. Padres were impressed by him. So we'll see where that leads. Don't know about Phil Nevin, but those are the the main guys that we know of right now. Four guys, because not sure about Phil Nevin. Carlos Mendoza, Benji Gill, Ryan Flaherty, and Mike Schilt. Right now, I would go with Mike Schilt. I want, some people are like, I don't want anyone that was involved with the disaster of last year to be the manager. So I don't want any internal candidates. But 
how did the external candidates work? Andy Green, how'd that work? Chase Tingler, how'd that work? Bob Melvin, how'd that work? At the end of the day, it failed because they didn't go to the World Series. They didn't win the World Series. That's what Bob Melvin was brought in to do. And at the end of the day, it didn't work. So having someone, because Flaherty would not be another Tingler hire. I know people would say that, but it is a difference. He's inside this Padres organization. He was in the dugout for every game in this Padres season. I hope that he knows what went wrong and knows what needs to be changed. Same thing with Mike Schilt. So that's why I'm leaning still to go with one of those two guys. Ryan Flaherty's not the guy. I would not be the biggest fan of that move, but I think he makes sense. I understand it. I'm not going to be like, this is a crappy hire. What is AJ Preller doing? Like some fans probably will. I will understand. Hey, Preller, it's probably his last manager chance. I, at least I hope. A lot of fans think that he shouldn't even get this chance, and I totally understand that. But let's say it's his last manager. If I'm in that spot, I want to go with someone that I'm comfortable with, someone that I'm connected with. We say we share the same vision. He's been here. He knows what went wrong. He knows what has gone well. That's what I want. And Ryan Flaherty and Mike Schilt fit that. They've been here, where these other guys have not. So those would be question marks. Those guys coming in when they weren't here, and those that are like, hey, I want that new person that wasn't here because it's a fresh perspective. And, hey, I definitely respect that opinion as well. But because it's A.J. Preller running things, I want to go with the guy that he's comfortable with and he has a relationship multiple years inside the organization, working relationship with. And it seems like Schilt and Flaherty share Preller's vision. Maybe those, we don't know if those other guys do. Now, the report from AC again, Padres were impressed by Benji Gill. So they very well uh, might share that same vision. But we don't know that for sure. Don't know about Carlos Mendoza. And again, I, I just think the safer move, at least in my opinion, is, is to go with Mike Schilt, Ryan Flaherty then, and then I probably, I don't know a ton about Carlos Mendoza. So it's probably unfair for him to be ranked fourth on this out of four, but I'd probably go Benji Gill third and then Carlos Mendoza fourth. Although Carlos Mendoza, he has a lot of experience being in the postseason because he's been the bench coach under Aaron Boone with the Yankees. Now, the Yankees have not won at all. They haven't been to the World Series under Aaron Boone. But as I said in my video about Carlos Mendoza the other day, I think on Friday, being a bench coach in Major League Baseball, you're you're the right man, right hand man to the manager. So you see, you you go through the lineup decisions. You talk every day with the manager. You're there seeing what the manager is thinking on that top step during games, bullpen moves, who to bring in, who not to bring in, who to start, who not to start. You know, like what what numbers are important to look at. You probably have conversations a lot with the front office, so you do have experience with that. It's not like you're someone that is the first base coach. And they have they, they still talk, and obviously they're in the same room as the, the rest of the coaching staff. But the bench coach is more involved with those manager decisions, I would assume, than the first base coach or a special assistant that's popping in the dugout every once in a while. So we'll see. You know, Mike Schilt, he has the postseason experience as well with the St. Louis Cardinals and the Cardinal way. He was there for a long time with that. <laughs> Padres culture, I think, could be a little bit better, right? Cardinals culture seemed pretty good to me. Cardinal way seems pretty good to me. So 
that's the latest update there. All right, moving to Dennis Lynn. He reported over the weekend, assistant farm director Mike Daly to manage El Paso, AAA El Paso, despite having no coaching experience, no professional coaching experience. Uh, Philip Wellman, who has over 30 plus years of professional coaching experience, I think minor league coaching experience, either managing or coaching, he is expected to be reassigned to the Arizona Complex League. When I saw this, I was like, what? Why are we taking someone with three decades of experience and putting them in the Complex League, which if that's where you want them, okay. But then you're bringing in someone that has no professional coaching experience and you're having him be the AAA manager. What are we doing? But then I listened to a podcast uh, that was sent to me um, that had Mike Daly on the show. I think Friars, Friars on the Farm, something like that. And Mike Daly was on. This was recently. I think this was done this season. And he talked what he was saying. I like what he was saying. And this is someone, you look at his background. This is someone that A.J. Preller is familiar with. And AAA is going to be an important spot in 2024 because Merrill could be up there. You could have Iriarte. You could have Adam Mazur. You could have a lot of those talented guys be pushed up to AAA and be pushed. And A.J. Preller is going to want to have someone that he trusts overseeing things there at AAA. Mike Daly, what he was doing with the Padres, or I, I should start with what he was doing with Texas. 15 years in the Texas front office, overseeing international scouting and player development. He was the assistant GM with Texas before being reassigned when Chris Young came in, and then he was given permission to go talk with the Padres and then went to the Padres. But what I'm seeing from Mike Daly or what he has been doing with the Padres, it, it hasn't been professional coaching, obviously. And what it seems like is he's roaming around to different stops in the minor leagues and checking in so and running stuff in Arizona, dealing with a lot of different players, which is good. Like He obviously knows the Padres farm system, and that's great. Um, Dennis Lynn, I'm reading from Dennis Lynn's article here. Right now, Mike Daly is the farm director, never coached at the professional level, although he has extensive experience working with A.J. Preller, 15 years with Texas. Daly has expressed interest in managing since last year after he joined the organization as the main assistant to farm director Riley Westman, who was another former Rangers official. Preller loves former Rangers. Um, and really, it's former Rangers that were working there when they didn't have a ton of consistent postseason success. Not Chris Young's front office right now. Um, but yeah, like Jackson Merrill, he is someone that's probably going to be pushed to AAA. And Mike Daly has a ton of experience in minor league baseball, professional baseball, not coaching, but overseeing stuff overseeing these minor leaguers. And so Preller trusts this guy. And so I, I understand why Preller would want to have someone like Mike Daly be the manager in AAA because he he knows that 2024 is a very important year for AAA. And 
I'm sure Daly and Preller talk all the time. So it will make the communication very easy for Daly to be talking to Preller probably every day, knowing how Preller operates, right? He's on the phone all the time, talking pretty much daily, I would assume, about which players should you bring up, which shouldn't you. And Mike Daly, he was talking on that podcast I mentioned about Pedro Avila and how he has been a success story and how the Padres, sure, the numbers at AAA, they didn't look that great, but the Padres thought that they should give him a shot at the big leagues and look how that has worked out. You know, Pedro Avila could be fighting for a rotation spot. Here comes spring training. So finding the right times to bring guys up, that's obviously going to be an important thing because you don't want to bring up top prospects and have those guys be sitting. You want to be using those guys. You want those guys to be ready, not be rushing them. And it feels like in the minor leagues that there's prospects that are being rushed up levels, but they're being challenged. That's how the Padres would say. They're being challenged. They think that they're ready to be challenged. Mike Daly was talking about Ethan Salas and how he's ready to be challenged. That's what they thought. That's why they brought him all the way up to double A in his first minor league season this past season. He was ready. They, His mind mature, obviously his skill level. They thought he was ready. So again, like it's kind of like the manager thing, right? How I would, I want AJ Preller to go with the person that he is comfortable with. Not saying a yes, man, but the person that he has a relationship with that's, that knows the organization has been inside the organization, hopefully has some ideas about how they can improve because they were inside the building this past season in the failure of the season. And they can be comfortable with one another because they need to share the same vision. That's what I want. Because when you don't share the same vision, is that really going to work out that well? I mean, just go look at this Bob Melvin thing. So if Mike Daly and AJ Preller are connected, they share the same vision. They understand uh, the goals in AAA of these players individually as a team. Then it's it's kind of like the manager when the manager is hired. I'm not just going to crap on the hire. I don't. That's probably not something I would have done. I probably wouldn't have hired Mike Daly to be the AAA manager next year with no professional coaching experience. You could just have him focus on AAA and be involved with AAA, but not be managing the team. But I do understand, and I'm going to give him a shot. He has a ton of experience in baseball. I've warmed up to the hiring a little bit since my initial reaction when I read Dennis Lynn's article. All right. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Another thing I wanted to get to was the starting pitching. The Padres. Sorry, I know that the, the title of the episode, Padres face huge rotation questions heading into free agency. I'm only getting to it 45 minutes in. <laughs> but there's a ton of topics to talk about. And I wanted to get through those and make sure I get to all of the topics that I did want to talk about. So this brings us to the rotation. I have been doing reaction videos when the news has come out, Seth Lugo declining his $7.5 million player option, Michael Waka, the Padres declining the club option, two years, 32 mil, 16 mil per year. Same thing with Nick Martinez. Um, And then Nick Martinez and Michael Waka declined their player options as well, or at least they're expected to. So they're going to be free agents just like Seth Lugo will be. So now the Padres situation rotation-wise is Yu Darvish, Joe Musgrove, who are two veterans. They ended the season hurt, uh, or at least they were on the IL to end the season. Musgrove, he was throwing at the end of the year, so I'm not worried about him. I'm more worried about Darvish. I don't think we even know if he needs surgery or not yet. So that's, I guess, something to... Be looking out for as well if any news comes down on that here in the next few weeks. Because I think they said when Darvish was shut down in September that there were five, six weeks to see, which shouldn't that already be up then? Five, six weeks? about It should be around this time that they'll see if it's gotten better and if they need surgery or not. Um, But yeah, there's, there's a ton of question marks now. So if we break down all of these individual decisions, right? Lugo, player option, he was not going to take that. He can go get a multi-year deal in free agency. It could be from the Padres. I know that I've seen a lot of people on social media freaking out. Oh my gosh, we only have two starters. What are the Padres doing? Why did they not bring Waka back? Why did they not bring Martinez? Like, what are they doing? They could have guaranteed these guys back and now they're free agents and now they have to go replace all these guys. But... These guys can return. Like, I'm not going to freak out yet. It's a concern. It's a big question. Huge questions here. How are they going to replace these guys? But they could replace these guys by bringing them back. So you're not really replacing them, but you think you have to replace them at the start of this offseason because they're free agents, right? Um, But yeah, Lugo, I mean, he had 357 ERA and 146 in the third innings this past year with 26 starts. He proved that he can be a starting pitcher. And, I mean, Shaw Mania got, what, 10, 12 million? Same thing with Clevenger on the free agent market this past offseason. Seth Lugo can't get that. And this is a guy that can be a high-leverage reliever. He showed that with the Mets. He 
can be like a better Nick Martinez for our team. We saw how people like John Gray were valuable to the Texas Rangers in their run to the World Series. We've seen guys that have been rotation guys for the season, and then in the postseason when you have great starting pitching at the top, those guys end up being huge in the bullpen, or they end up starting game four of a postseason series. They end up being, now Brandon fought, that's different. He sucked in the regular season and then showed it, but like names that people don't immediately think about for these postseason teams, they're not like the one-two in the rotation, but they end up being huge for a World Series runs. I could see that happening for Seth Lugo. Hopefully it's with the Padres, but I'd love to have Seth Lugo back. I definitely understand him declining the player option. He should not have he shouldn't have taken the player option. That would be a dumb decision on his part. So now he could turn it into a, a two-year, maybe a three-year deal. I see some predictions like three years, $15 million a year for Lugo. Not so sure the Padres want to do that. Um, but I could see the Padres offer him and Nick like two years, $20 million, maybe a little bit more than that for Lugo. But, okay, we're not giving you $16 million for like Nick for Nick Martinez. We're not giving you that club option. We can't do that. But we know that you deserve a raise, and we want you back. We're going to give you multiple years. We have a talented team. We're giving you guaranteed spots right here. Maybe some other teams can't do that. I'm not talking about guaranteed spots on the roster, obviously. But like Seth Lugo, rotation. You're guaranteed a spot in the rotation. And we're not going to just test you out in the rotation like we said this past offseason when we gave when we gave you that deal. No, guaranteed spot. You're a starting pitcher for us. And then if it doesn't work out, we can move you to the bullpen. And you can be a valuable piece there. We believe in you. Lugo could come back there. Martinez, I want to see him come back as well. I don't really understand the Nick Martinez hate, some of the Nick Martinez hate on social media. The guy had a sub-4 ERA in the bullpen and as a reliever. At home, he had a 2-6-0 ERA this past season. 54 relief appearances, 9 starts, um, 4-5-0 ERA on the road, but a 2-6-0 ERA at home in more innings at, uh, at home than he did on the road, by the way. So, yeah, out of the bullpen, he had some rough outings. So that's going to rocket, you know, that's going to make the ERA skyrocket sometimes. But this guy will do whatever you ask of him, and he's effective. And I still think that Nick Martinez can help this Padres team for next season and in the postseason, just like he did in 2022 when he was one of the Unsung heroes nationally. I don't want to say unsung heroes because I think Padres fans were definitely respecting Nick Martinez in 2022. But I'd love to have these guys back. I'd love to have Lugo Martinez back. Waka, sure. But there's the injury risk there. And I definitely understand the Padres not giving Michael Waka the club option. Two years there. Two years, $32 million. $16 million a year for a guy that's going to get hurt at some point. Like, I think that has to be baked in. At some point, he's going to go on the IL. You just hope it's not for a couple months. It's not for any extended period of time. Um, how I'm just thinking in my head, what would the Padres offer Michael Walker? Like, how interested are they in bringing him back? It's obviously not $16 million a year. The player option was for six and a half mil. So, obviously, like I said yesterday in my reaction video for Walker, uh, being a free agent, obviously he wasn't going to take the player option. He'd be stupid to do that when he just had a 
pretty good season uh, for the Padres starting-wise. I know he got hurt, but he was pretty solid when he did start games, and he was going six innings a, a good amount. He can get a multiple-year contract, probably, from another team. I think him, Lugo, Martinez, I think they're looking at the market, and they're seeing a bunch of teams that need pitching. Obviously, in the offseason, every team needs pitching. You can't have enough starting pitching. But it's like this year, they're looking at the Padres situation, and they might say Padres could get desperate. I'm going to try this, right? So there's that. You got the Dodgers. There's questions with their rotation. Bob Melvin with the Giants, you think that they're just going to sit there and not add to the rotation? Of course. The Angels, they need pitching. The Texas Rangers, you think they're going to just stop? No, they're going to want to add pitching. The Diamondbacks, they're going to want to add pitching. There's a lot of teams. The Phillies, Aaron Nola, what's going to happen there? Texas, I already mentioned them. Relief help for them as well, so that's where Nick Martinez could come in. Uh, if they want to be a super valuable starter and reliever, he used to be with the Texas Rangers. Boston Red Sox, I think they could add to their rotation. Yankees, maybe they could add to their rotation. Tampa Bay Rays, obviously, they're, I mean, sometimes they're, they're a kind of weird organization. You know, they signed Zach Eflin last offseason. Sometimes they'll go out and make some moves, some, some weird moves, some starting pitching. Sometimes they add that one starter that we know for like multiple years. And then everyone else, some randos that we don't, we've never heard of. Baltimore Orioles, that is a team that needs starting pitching and they will look to add starting pitching, right? I'm just trying to go around to divisions. Minnesota Twins, no Sonny Gray. He's probably not coming back. Kenta Maeda, they're probably going to want to add a starter or two. And Waka, Lugo, Martinez, those guys could be cheaper. Um, who else? Astros, maybe. Mariners, maybe. Uh, we go If we went to a team like NL Central, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, there, John Mozeliak has talked to the media, I believe, and said like he wants to add three starting pitchers because almost their entire rotation are free agents now. Wainwright's, Wainwright's retired. Montgomery's not there anymore. Like They, they need starting pitching. So... Uh, Blake Snell could go there. One of these guys could go there. Michael Walker obviously used to play for the St. Louis Cardinals. Chicago Cubs, Marcus Stroman's a free agent, so they might not bring him back. Are they going to steal one of the Padres pitchers that just became a free agent? A lot of teams that need starting pitching. So it's not going to be easy probably to bring these guys back. I think that the Padres will bring one of one of them back. I think it'll be either Lugo or Martinez. I don't think they want to deal with the injury risk with Michael Walker because there's also injury risk with someone like you, Darvish. So I'm really interested in seeing how this rotation turns out. Sonny Gray, you know, that name has been brought up a little bit. I love Sonny Gray. I would love to see him be in a Padres uniform, but how much is he expected to command? I haven't looked at, I guess I could look at Jim Bowden's projections, but these aren't the most accurate. He says here, three years, $64 million. And if you remember the Padres players, his contract uh, expectations, guesses, 
were it felt like they were on the low end. So $64 million over three years, that's over $21 million per year. And Sonny Gray's better than Michael Walker. He's better than Seth Lugo. He's better than Nick Martinez. But are the Padres willing to give over $20 million to a pitcher? Just any pitcher. Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, any guy. Yamamoto. Are they willing to give over $20 million a year to any pitcher? Because remember, they're trying to decrease payroll. So I feel like a lot of these rotation guys are going to have to come from trades. Maybe if the Padres end up having to deal Juan Soto, they can get starting pitching back from the Yankees that are controllable pieces. Whatever team they trade Soto to, if they do, they're probably going to, They, I, I assume they're going to ask for starting pitching back. Controllable starting pitching. Um, trades. Free agency. You know how Michael Walker and Seth Lugo came to the Padres on not not $20 million per year contracts? Preller's going to have to probably do that again this offseason. Because look what they got to do. Replace Snell, Walker, Lugo, Martinez. Some of them could come back. I don't see Snell coming back. You could throw Hader in there as well. He's not coming back. And the Robbie Snellings of the world, they're not ready yet for the big leagues, in my opinion. Ariarte, Mazur could come up at some point, but I don't think the Padres want to have those guys be in the rotation on opening day. So I see Kenta Maeda's name being thrown out there. I think it's going to be one-year deal, one-year or two-year deal, guys. Maybe the options because Preller, that's he loves doing that, and sometimes that's the way that you can only get a pitcher is by giving them, hey, if you suck this year. Here's a player option for you. That's a guaranteed deal for 2024 or 2025 if you stink like he did with Michael Waka. Or we have a club option here. Um, so, yeah. Later this offseason, as we get going here, I will talk about starting pitching options. Is Marcus Stroman, like how much would he get per year? How long of a deal would that be? Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell. Um, you know, there, there's. There's a lot of names that I'll end up throwing out there. And so there's plenty to discuss there. But yeah, right now, there's huge rotation questions heading into free agency. And I say huge because it is. In the regular season, it takes more than five starters. And the Padres have two right now. You could throw Pedro Avila and Matt Waldron in there. But those aren't guys that I think Padres, that the Padres want consistently starting games to start the season. Those are guys you bring in if injuries happen. Right, make spot starts or Pedro Avila. He could be the five starter. I don't want to like, or Matt Walter. I, I don't want to like disrespect those guys, but you don't want those guys to be the three and four starters, right? Because your rotation's probably not in a good spot then. Right now, it's Musgrove and Darvish. That's it. And you look at the teams that have success in the postseason. I know the Diamondbacks only had like two, three starters, and then they went with the bullpen, but. You look at the Texas Rangers, and you could say, well, Scherzer got hurt. Who'd they really only have? Avaldi and Jordan Montgomery? But look how many starters they had in that bullpen. Andrew Heaney and John Gray and Dane Dunning. They're, it wasn't just typical relievers. They had starters in that bullpen. You look at the 2019 Washington Nationals with their pitching. The Astros these past years with their pitching. Their front line pitching with Cole and Verlander before Cole, the Yankees, obviously. Right. 
you look at these teams and you see a theme. Huh, why are they getting deep? Huh, why do they keep having postseason success? Hmm. You look at the Phillies, Nola, Wheeler, Ranger Suarez. You ha- They didn't even really use Taiwan Walker, but that was another starter that they signed. So you need starting pitching. It is necessary. Go look at the Baltimore Orioles. What happened to them? They were the one seed in the American League, and what happened? They didn't have enough starting pitching, right? Milwaukee Brewers, okay, they had Corbin Burns. They had, they thought they had Brandon Woodruff. They had Freddie Peralta. It wasn't enough because, um, so Woodruff, yeah. Woodruff went down, and it was a short series, so you can cover the starting pitching, but they just didn't have enough. They weren't going to have enough to survive a division series or a CS if they got there. Look at the Dodgers. I know a bunch of injuries happened, but who started those games for the Dodgers? Kershaw? Could you compare Kershaw to Darvish right now with like their vets? Injuries could happen. Probably not your best option that you would want to start game one of postseason series. I know 2022 wasn't that long ago, but I'd probably go Musgrove over Darvish in a postseason game. Um, you know, they have two starters. And who the Dodgers throw out there in the postseason? They had Kershaw, they had Lance Lynn, probably blanking on, uh, I think, one of the rookies that they threw out there. They just didn't have the pitching. The Padres, they need pitching. Offense can only take you so far. You need the offense, for sure. But you need the starting pitching. You just need it. So, it's, it's a huge question. How is this rotation going to be filled out? And the Padres right now, I looked up their payroll on Spot Track. And right now it's sitting at over $200 million still. Projected total uh, tax allocations, $239 million over that, almost $240. And that's with no Waka, no Lugo, no Martinez on Spot Track here. It says total tax allocations at 186. I don't know which number to look at on spot track because it says total tax allocations 186.3 projected total tax allocations 239.8. I think that's the number we should be looking at. Like what is their payroll? What is their expected payroll going to be? Because if I scroll down here on spot track, it says, well, now one of them here says, yeah, estimated tax payroll, 186.3. But then in parentheses, estimated tax payroll, active plus estimated arbitration plus estimated pre-arbitration, which is all of the players on the team, almost $240 million. And just to double check, no Lugo on here, no Martinez, no Waka. No Snell, no Hader. So this is who is on the roster right now. This is their payroll. So they don't have a ton of room to spend. They're trying to get around $200 million. How are you going to fill out a good rotation, a rotation we're going to be confident in, when you don't have $20 million to spend on one pitcher per year? They might do that, but is that the smartest thing? When you could you could use that money to, to sign two pitchers per year, you know, $10 million each, let's say, and then you make trades with guys that are on cheap deals. And maybe you have to go with Pedro Avila as the five starter, or you know, the six starter, that the compete for a rotation spot. Um, 
they're not in a good spot right now. But it's another thing where, hey, A.J. Preller put himself in this spot. They could be in a good spot come the end of the offseason. They could surprise us all and go sign Yamamoto. But he's expected to maybe even get more than Blake Snell. He's expected to get like $200 million. So they're in a spot to bring that guy in? Or are they more confident in that guy over Snell so they'll spend on that guy over Snell? How much are they willing to give someone like Marcus Stroman, someone like Sonny Gray? Like, are they in the spot to give $20 million per year to a pitcher? I just don't know if they're in that spot. It doesn't feel like they're in that spot. So getting back to Lugo Martinez and Waka, not surprised at these moves at all. Padres, it was too big of a risk to bring Waka back on those club options. Martinez, not guaranteed a spot probably in the rotation. And even if he was, is he a $16 million per year pitcher? He's not. He's more than the player option. I think he's 10, 12 mil maybe per year, but he's not 16 and they need to save every penny that they can. That's what it seems like to get down to around $200 million is what is being reported. Last year, stuff was reported and it ended up being wrong. They go get Xander Bogarts, but it just doesn't feel like it's going to be wrong this year. Lugo, he wasn't going to take the player option. They could try to bring him back. Seems like a team player. I want him back. Martinez, he wasn't he wasn't taking the player option, especially when he switched agents to Scott Boris, you know? So we'll see what happens. But yeah, those are some big guys. You're, is that your three top starting pitchers? Because Musgrove, I don't know if I should say that, but because Musgrove, he pitched well for the most part when he was healthy. He just had injuries. Darvish was not a top three pitcher. Your top three starters are gone, right? Waka, Lugo, and Snell from this past season. In terms of like being available and pitching well. That's a and and this is a team, by the way, that didn't make the postseason and your top three pitchers are gone, at least production wise from this past year and health wise and taking everything into account. That's AJ Preller's got his hands full. And then then you add in Josh Hader. Oh, yeah, he's probably going to be gone. Oh, yeah, maybe Juan Soto has to get traded. Oh, yeah, Jake Cronenworth, the infield. What's going to happen there? Oh, yeah, you need someone else behind Luis Camposano. Oh, yeah, bullpen. How are you going to improve that? Depth, bench. Oh, yeah, still need to get the manager, coaching staff, fill that out. There's a lot on A.J. Preller's plate. So he, he partly put himself in this spot though so he's got to dig himself out of the hole you know Matt Carpenter last thing I wanted to touch on here took the five and a half million dollar player option as I said when this news came down I think on Friday or Thursday maybe I forget what it was not surprising this was the least surprising move out of any of these things that have happened here you're getting five plus million dollars after hitting 176 this past year of course you're going to take that did some fans think that, oh, Carpenter shouldn't have took it and be a free agent so he could be a team player? Well, you're not a team player if you're not on the team. Like, how, how can you, how is that really, a, you're helping the player, the Padres, but a team player is like being on the, you have to be a, on the team to be a team player. And you're going to take $5 million. Matt Carpenter, he might turn back into 2022 New York Yankees, Matt Carpenter. I am not going to bet anything on that. Um, 
I think that the Padres will look to trade Matt Carpenter and attach him to Juan Soto in a trade if Soto gets dealt. They're going to try to move him somehow. And it's not just going to be, well, take Matt Carpenter, we'll pay you for the money, like Hosmer. No, that's not, I don't think that's how it's going to be. They're trying to save every penny that they can. And so they're going to probably, maybe they have to include a top prospect in it or a top 10 prospect or top 15. I don't know. But they don't want to pay Matt Carpenter over $5 million next year. I'm pretty sure. A.J. Preller kept Matt Carpenter on the roster despite Bob Melvin not wanting Matt Carpenter to be on the roster this past season so that he could have the shot to trade him in the offseason. And now he's going to get that shot. I just don't know how team, how receptive teams are going to be to, to take Matt Carpenter. Because what they will do, it would have to be a team that has a huge check, a huge amount of money to, to take on, right? Like the Mets or some, you know, even though they're not trying to win. But a team that has like $5 million is a drop in the bucket for them. Where they'll be like, hey, okay, we'll take Matt Carpenter. Carp, we'll give you a chance in, in spring training, but you're you're not on the roster right now. You're going to have to really perform. And we'll probably just end up eating your contract. Because maybe that team that acquires him, they like the prospect the Padres give, or they're getting Juan Soto. So, yeah, they'll take it. If, if that's the, the deal break, like you have to take Matt Carpenter, then they'll do it. Um, but, yeah, this another situation A.J. Preller put himself in. At the time, I liked the creativity of the contract. I think I, I got, I got, um, what's the right word? I got tricked into thinking that Matt Carpenter in 2022 was the Matt Carpenter that could be there for the Padres. And hopefully he stays healthy in 2023. Because I thought he found something with the swing. But hitting at Yankee Stadium obviously helps. <laughs> And then when he didn't get consistent playing time, I mean, you can't expect him to have success when he's not taking an at-bat in a big league game in three weeks. So once that happened, it was done. Personally, I love Matt Carpenter as like a, a teammate. What is he, obviously not in the clubhouse, but what Kevin AC has wrote and all that, like seems like he continued to be as professional as he could about the situation this past season. He was helping teammates, giving advice, staying ready, fielding, batting practice before games, staying ready, acting as if preparing as if he was going to play that day when he knew he wasn't. And he did that for weeks and weeks and weeks without it getting a plate a plate appearance. So I respect that from Carp. Um, that's better than some other past veteran players in this franchise's history. But he was hurting the team this past season and he's hurting the team now because he's on the books for five plus million dollars and he's probably not going to be on the roster this coming season so we'll see what happens there the Padres they're going to try to trade Matt Carpenter I would be surprised if they're just going to be like no it's it's fine we'll just have Matt Carpenter sit here we're, we're totally fine with him being on the bench because they they want flexibility on that bench you need more flexibility on that bench not someone that's just gonna hit her maybe and is hitting 176 so all right is there anything else that i wanted to talk about here i'm just checking real quick yeah i i don't think so 
before I get out of here, I, I, I'm going to go through some starting pitching options, just throw some names out there. I probably should have done this when I was talking about the starting pitchers, but this is Spot Track's free agent tracker. And here are some starting pitchers that are going to be available. Marcus Stroman, Hinjin Ryu, Martin Perez, Lance Lynn, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, Alex Wood, Mike Clevenger, Carlos Carrasco, Aaron Nola. Like, are the Padres in a position to give him $25 million a year, $20 million a year? I could see them going with someone like a Jack Flaherty, who low value, it's a name, Niebla, maybe he can fix them, and that, you know, that, that aids them. You know, it, it fits in their rotation plan, uh, their, their payroll plan, I should say. Luis Severino, someone like that. Um, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, Corey Kluber, Alex Cobb, uh, that's a club option, Alex Cobb, Jordan Montgomery, Kyle Gibson, Michael Lorenzen, Jake Odorizzi, Seth Lugo, Walk obviously, Eric Lauer. Does that fit in the Padres' plan? Even though I don't know if Lauer would really want to come back to the Padres. Um, let's see. Kenta Maeda, Domingo Herman, Julio Tehran, Dallas Keuchel, Chris Flexen. I'm just throwing out some names here. Uh, Yamamoto, obviously, is also out there. Like, there's a lot of names there where it's like, okay, that's a name, but he's not coming off of a good season. The Padres would have to fix him. So Prellers would have to put a lot of trust in Ruben Niebla to do that. And what if they don't get fixed? You know, Noah Syndergaard went to the Dodgers, couldn't fix him. That didn't work out. If the Padres do that with the back end of the rotation and it's not working out, you're not going to, no team's going to trade, you know, in May if something's not working out. And the minor league depth doesn't seem that strong. So again, like there's there's questions here. It would be one thing if these guys were free agents and let's say they weren't coming back, but the Padres had room to spend a bunch of money. It doesn't feel like they have that room. If they had the room, okay, we can bring back Snow. Let's go make a run at Aaron Nola, which I'd love to have Aaron Nola on the team. Like feels like consistent. He's gonna give you a quality start. Doesn't have a whole lot of injury history, I don't think. Like, yeah, go get him. Um, Sonny Gray, go get him. But it doesn't feel like they have that room. It would be one thing if they did, but that's the tricky part. Like, Preller, he's probably going to have to go get some more Michael Walker, Seth Lugo types to fill out this rotation if those guys end up getting better offers elsewhere for teams that have more money to spend, like the Cardinals, like the Giants. I'm just throwing some names out. Maybe the Red Sox, teams like that that have room to spend money and want to spend money. Don't know how much money the Padres want to spend this offseason, you know, with the, the situation that they're in right now financially. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 507. Obviously, I'll keep you updated on social media at Talking Friars, Twitter and Instagram and on this YouTube channel, Padres Manager Search. We'll see what happens. Hopefully a manager is decided here this next week. Questions in the rotation. Padres, they would like to trade Jake Cronenworth, according to Bob Nightingale. Matt Carpenter's back for now on this Padres roster. Mike Daly, 
He is expected to be the Padres AAA manager. A lot covered here on this show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Reminder, seat geek code talking friars, $20 off your first order there. 100% deposit match up to $500 on underdog fantasy. Great pickums. Baseball season's over, but there's college basketball starting up, college football, NFL, NHL, MLS, soccer, golf. Uh, there's there's a bunch of events that are on there. There's drafts as well. So check them out. Again, code talking friars or click the link in the description. Breakingtea.com, click the link in the description there. Great Padres, Aztecs, Wave Swag, Padres, uh, Aztecs, Wave Shirts, Sweatshirts. Gaglone Bros, main sponsor of the show. Great cheesesteaks, garlic fries, main location on, on Friars Road. And they're going to be tonight at Snapdragon Stadium. They've got a stand uh, for the Waves playoff match, semifinal against OL Reign. Foco, Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. They also just released a holiday guide. Um, I can pull that up right now, actually. Um, there's some sweaters that they have, lazy, lazy day robe, um, some hoodies, belt bag, mittens, um, overalls, San Diego Padres, Petco Park, like Wood Stadium. You can clearly see that it's Petco Park. Um, so you can check out that stuff as well on FOCO. All right, that is it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for watching and listening. I'll be back this week talking more Padres some more uh, updates on what's going on as we start free agency and as we get closer to getting a manager 